The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting, as usual, from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so delighted that you've joined us today. I think you're going to be really glad you did. This show is brought to you by Slim Roast Coffee by Valentis. If you want to lose weight and you drink coffee, this is a no-brainer. Drink Slim Roast and know the pounds will come off. It's great coffee and it comes with a 100% guarantee. If you don't lose weight, you can get your money back. Absolutely. To know more, go to the self-improvement blog and look in the right sidebar. You'll see several things about Slim Roast Coffee. While you're there, look at the picture of our guest today and read his bio. He's the one sitting with the drums. You can't miss him. Some years ago, when Jack, my grandson, was four years old, all he wanted for Christmas was a drum. Not only did he get a drum, but he got a drum set. And when things settled down, my son Christopher found a drum teacher who taught small children. The teacher was wonderful. Jack, however, seemed to have the idea that he would just magically be able to play those drums. And he was surprised that he had to work at it. And he didn't like that very much. I remember he was just four. His love for drums faded out, and after several months, he no longer wished to be the next Gene Krupa. The the teacher moved to California and then to New York, and he and Christopher kept in touch. We used to have these wonderful chats before or after drum lessons, and I I miss those. Now he's begun some new adventures in New York City, and these are adventures that everyone should know about. Stephen Flynn is a postmodern improviser, composer, and percussionist who has performed throughout Europe, Japan, and the United States. He's a master trainer and facilitator of the Rhythmic Arts Project, also called TRAP Curriculum, using drums and percussion to teach reading, writing, and arithmetic with an emphasis on social skills to intellectually and physically challenged individuals. This is a whole new thought to me, and I'm really excited that they can do this. Stephen has given over 12,000 private lessons and has facilitated over 1,100 trap ensemble classes. He recently released his first book, 
Contemporary Urban Percussion, a training manual for bucket drumming. In addition to his special needs tutoring business called Power Tutoring and Play Dates, he runs Rocking Buckets in New York City, which provides team building and presentations, excuse me, and, and events for corporations and small businesses, as well as private parties. I am absolutely so delighted to welcome Stephen Flynn to the Self-Improvement Show. Stephen, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Doctor. It's great to be here. And you can call me Irene. Hey, we're okay. old friends. We go okay. way back to four-year-old Jack, who's now 12. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think he doesn't talk much about his drum career, but it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> well, you never know. He might pick it back up again. You never know. He, he just yeah. may. You never know. Yeah. And now he understands that if you're going to get somewhere, you have to work at it. Uh, tell sure. us about yourself, Stephen. Who well, is Stephen Flynn? You know, I try uh, to, I, I endeavor to not define my person oh, by, by the things that I do, okay? Um, I find that to be murky waters. But, you know, I can, I can for the sakes, you know, for the context of our, 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 our chat today, I'll tell you about some of the things I, I do and uh, what I get out of that. Um, as I get older... Uh, the emphasis has become more on being of service in whatever capacity I'm involved with at the time. And I, find, I have found that to be an incredibly freeing uh, perspective and way of approaching life. And that's, so that's what, I, you know, I'm not always successful, but that's what I'm working towards. You know, it's kind of progress, not perfection. But, um, you know, I started uh, working with uh, special needs teens and adults about nine years ago. And I had no idea where going down that road was going to take me. Um, I was, uh, what happened was is I was on a national uh, tour, a solo percussion tour from San Francisco to New York City. And the promoter, uh, Bob Stagner of the Shaken Ray Levi Society, uh, when I met him, he, he told me, he said, you know, I think you'd be good at this program, uh, uh, the Rhythmic Arts program. And I, I volunteered for a year and, you know, I kept with it and... The last four years, I was consist. I was on a weekly basis. I was at the largest uh, special needs high school in Southern California, and so for the last four years, you know, I had ensembles down there at this school, and it's just been such an enriching experience. Um, it's had a real uh, influence on you know. I think when we do something that is uh, empowers other people and is of service, it has a positive spillover into every other area of our life. And, oh, I totally agree with and, that. Uh, so, you know, I've stuck with that. And uh, so I'm, I've been in New York City now for just over three months. And uh, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I've lived here in the past. And so I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing the same work here in New York. And I'm, I'm endeavoring to, to build my business here. You said something so. that was really very interesting to me. You said, you know, that, that you were in service you 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 know or believe you know, we I, we both believe in being of service to others but you said it's freeing tell me a little bit more about how it frees you cuz that's a okay well concept. you know uh, you know I started doing service work in about 1983 uh, working with the homeless population in Seattle Washington and I think that was my first introduction to that sort of thing. Um, essentially, 
uh, my experience has been that when I work uh, with someone uh, uh, to be in a service capacity, then I'm getting out of you know my own head and my own way, and uh, you know uh, it's. And so when I get out of my own way and I'm more concerned about someone else and I'm not so worried about my phone bill and you know all the other stuff that goes on in my monkey brain, um, I'm a lot happier. And one of the things also, you know, I, I, I had a lot of adversity in 2001. Some of it was 9-11 related. But um, any time in my adult life that I've had serious depression, when, when all else fails, I found that by working with another person, uh, to be the probably the best thing I can do. Yeah, and I and, think that's uh, yeah. advice that, I mean, you didn't give it as advice, but it can be, it, it's solid advice yeah. well, for those the, uh, who get in their head. It's a good way to get out of there. Sure. Or, and, and uh, you know, Irene, um, the, whoops, I lost my train of thought. Um, I forgot <laughs> where I was going with that. But, um, when when we work with others, it, it's just uh, it's just uh, well okay. I'll give you an example. You know, I when I started working at Lannerman, I had no idea this high school that I was at for four years, all of the positive spillover I was going to have from working there. And you know, at the end of the four years, um, I was asked to write uh, about the program for a book on the trap program. And really, one of the things that I've taken away from that experience of the four years at that school is that I was not the teacher. Those students were the teacher. The, the special needs students that were there, they were there, to, they're here, I believe, to teach us. You know, and... Oh, uh, I, I think they teach us a great yeah, deal. Yeah. You know, as, if, if we're patient enough and have our minds open enough to learn from them, um, they, they have so much to teach, especially about being loving and gracious. <laughs> and, you know, in the, in the four years I was down there, too, I, I also had a number of students who were not intellectually challenged, but were incredibly um, physically challenged. And because we're, you know, doing a, a radio program, I can't mention, it, you know, there's laws, but I had one student who was missing his hands and legs. I won't say his name. And I worked with this uh, teenager for four years, and in the four years I worked with him, he was all, you know, he had a number of very serious operations and, you know, he, he really had a, you know, he was going through a lot. And in the four years, I never heard him complain about anything. And I never heard one student in the four years I was down there complain about anything. And if that's a, not a power example, I don't know what is. Uh, I can't think of any group I've ever been yeah. with that didn't have complainers. Yeah. I honestly can't. And sometimes I joined them. Sure. You know, we just we just do. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, okay. Tell me, how did you discover that you had a talent for the drums, and what did you do to develop that talent? Well, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I w- you know I went to well. There's a lot of music in my family, and uh, I when I was a teenager, I went. I think I was twelve or thirteen. I went to see a live show. And I was just so uh, taken back by the, you know, the pageantry and the lights and the sound and everything. And, and that's kind of what really got my interest about playing the drums. And, you know, my father probably could have gone out and bought me a drum set, but he didn't do that. And I remember I, I got up at 5.30 in the morning 
and and I, I delivered like ninety newspapers in Seattle. And if you've ever been to Seattle, it rains like oh, you know, yeah. nine months out of the year. But that's how I bought my first drum set. So I had an incredible amount of uh, pride in this first drum set that I got. And, you know, I think, you know, my father was a real power of example in that he's probably one of the most persistent people you'll ever meet. And so, you know, I don't really know if I was really born with a whole lot of natural talent, but one thing I was born with was a lot of persistence and drive to do it. You know, and a lot, of, and 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 I had, and and the discipline. So between the discipline and the persistence, I was able to develop my craft. And you know, even today, you know, for example, I get up early in the morning, sometimes five, six in the morning, and I I take the train right down to Times Square, where my drums are. And the first thing in the morning, what I do is I spend two hours composing. Wow! You know, and I do that six days a week right now. Do you think that, do you think that you could play the drums like you do? And I, you know, you sound wonderful to me. I, I'm not a drum sure. connoisseur, but you sound amazing to me. Can you play drums like that without having some talent? Can anybody learn to play the drums like that? I think just about anybody can learn to play the drums if they're willing to make the effort. And you know, you do need a good teacher. And my experience is, is that um, in the States anyway, um, most of North America, the drums, the way they're taught is kind of backwards. It, uh, in India, for example, you're expected to know how to sing what you're going to play before you even touch the drum. In America, it's backwards. I, this is just my own belief. And um, that's why with my bucket drumming program, I have everyone sing phonics and as a result, it's rarely apparent that the students internalize the rhythm before they touch the bucket. Same thing with the drum set. And uh, so uh, my focus on phonics, which is not, I didn't come up with this concept. It comes from India, I think, is, is, gr- is one of the ways that anyway that I can teach people who have never drummed before to keep a good groove and to learn how to play the instrument. On that, I'm going to leave our our, okay. our listeners thinking about how sure. on earth you teach math and and uh, English and all of those things. Well, you know, words on drums. Well, uh, that, yeah, I'm, I was speaking about my bucket drumming program with the general population. Right. Well, we're you going know, to get to okay, all of sure, those things, sure. but right now we need to go to break. Okay. So we're going to go to break. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back and hear what Stephen Flynn has to say about rocking buckets and all kinds of bucket drums and classes that teach you how to do math. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Stephen Flynn, who's a percussionist and who teaches challenged individuals how to do all kinds of things by using drums. Before we get into this segment, Stephen, I want you to tell us how people can find you. It's on the self-improvement blog, but if they don't know how to get there, how do people find you? Because when they hear what you have to say, they're going to want to know how to get to you. Uh, they, can, they can write to me at uh, Power Tutoring. NYC at Gmail. So power, power tutoring. Say it N- again. Power tutoring NYC. And what about your websites? At Gmail. Um, New York City Special Needs and New York City Preschool Tutor and Rocking Buckets. Is, that's not up yet. I, ha- so, I was going to say, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah, that one's coming up soon. So New York City Special Needs or New York City Preschool Tutor are the two best ones for them and, to check. And a word to the listeners, if you go to the website, be sure you click the tab for videos and watch some of the videos. They're absolutely remarkable, fascinating. You know, the, the work that you're doing with these children is so special. And, and I don't mean in terms of like special needs special. I mean, it's just you can see them light up when they, when they, do, when they do it. And I, I think that there would be so much joy attached to this kind of work. I just can't imagine, you know, that it is not. Uh, tell us a little bit about teaching these groups of children, how, how, you know, how you go about it what you can teach them, how they respond. I Just give us a thumbnail of what you well, do. Well, you know, when it, it depends on what group you're working with. Um, you know, when I was at Lannerman, I'd, ha- I'd work with groups of 10 to 12 students and of all varying uh, levels and, and challenges and, and various levels of the spectrum. So I would have to adjust all the exercises on an individual basis when I worked with a student, uh, you know, oftentimes I'll be working with a student who's nonverbal, for example, and with every student, if, even if a student's nonverbal, you approach them as if they can do the exercise. You never say to yourself, this student is nonverbal, so therefore I'm not going to push them to say it. 
when you look when when I when I'm working with someone who's nonverbal, I tell them you can do it. And they might do it, they might not. I had a a student who had never spoken in his life say his name a couple of years ago when he hit Uh-oh. the tr- <laughs> that would blow me away. <laughs> yeah, so oftentimes, you know, they, they hear their name in their head and they're, they're just having a little difficulty connecting the dots, but, you know, they will. I, I, you know, just not yet. Anytime a teacher says, oh, they can't do it, or I, I say not yet because you never know. And uh, so one of the great things about the, the Rhythmic Arts program is that the exercises can be, you know, uh, elevated if a student is really doing well with an exercise i just can keep taking them to another level with the same exercise so that's the beauty of the program uh for example when we work on math skills one of the exercises that i do is i use with i use these these foam dice and we roll the dice if where they are mathematically is just counting up then that's where we stay but if the student is more adept at math and we can add subtract divide we can just keep rolling you know, and uh, when they do the exercise, they don't just say it and they don't just play it. What we try to do is that we get, get them to say it and play it and see it all simultaneously. So it's a redundancy of information. What they call it's called a perceptual motor match. And uh, so, real briefly, that's how it works. So, how do you play it? Let's say you roll the dice and it's five. Right. So, let's say what it's a two do? and three, I hold the dice up. And I tell them, don't, don't tell me, add it up. And so they would count to five, one, two, three, four, five. And so they've said it out loud, they've played it on the drum, and I've pointed to the dots as they, as they counted up. That's, you know, what about words then? What about uh, reading? How do you teach reading? Well, um, let's say we're working with the names, we have a few different exercises that we do. I, uh, or if, let's say we're working with words that are within their uh, their their level. Um, say the word is rain, for example. I hold the word up, and we if first thing we'll do is we'll see how they identify each individual letter, and play each letter on the drum as I point to the letter. We can also break. Wait, it how up. do you play a how do you play a letter on the drum? Well, they say it out loud as I point to the letter. Oh, okay. They would just hit the drum to simultaneously reflect the letter they're saying out loud. Gotcha. And uh, rain is one syllable, but let's say the, 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 the word is um, mommy, for example. Mommy. They would play those two syllables on the drum, too. Interesting. You must have, you must have some stories that thrill you when you see some progress by children who have up till then made very little well you know uh one thing i've noticed is that uh it's sometimes it's 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 for certain students it's slow but it's consistent and uh one of the great things about uh working with this population is that really helps them with their social skills because throughout the day they don't do a lot of activities as a unit but when we're in together in a semicircle that we're playing together we're stopping together we're respecting each other when another when their neighbor is soloing they keep their hands on their lap these are all skills that have a spillover into the rest of their day at, at school and when they go home for example mother you know a kid uh, one of their parents may be ordering in the restaurant well they're more likely to wait their turn before they order for example <laughs> 
Interesting. There's a spillover into their life, you know. I was watching the videos the other day, and you were working with a little girl who couldn't, just couldn't quite say it out loud. And I don't know how many times she she did it. You had her do it over and over, and finally she said it. It was barely audible, but she said the word, I cried. I sat there and I cried. I was so excited that she could do that. And, and your patience was remarkable. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I, like I uh, just working with that class in particular was just a gift. You know, I, I, I when I, you know, in the four years I was there, I never really had to push myself to get out of bed to get down there. It just I was really always really excited to show up for that group. Now, how's it going in New York City? Have you been able to get a class together there? Are you, you know, working in a school? What's going on well, with that program? Know, I I moved here in the summer. And so, you know, most people in New York City are out of town. So I'm, I'm really in the process now of developing a clientele. And uh, so, you know, I would venture to say three months from now, I'll probably will be, have more business than I can, you know, handle. But right now it's kind of slow. Well, I would say yeah, that you will yeah. too. So yeah. then what is rocking buckets? Well, you know, I, I've, I've been getting all these calls to do um, Bucket drumming workshops. See, I don't know what a bucket drum is. Well, it's when we take a bucket and we turn it into a drum set. I mean, you're talking about a real, real bucket. Home Depot five-gallon paint bucket. Oh, and, those big and, plastic white plastic buckets. Yeah, they can be white. Usually, the Home Depot ones are usually orange. Oh, and, okay. And what? For two years, I taught bucket drumming at a school. Um, Vista Del Mar in Los Angeles, and at that school we have we have uh, emotionally disturbed and uh, teens who have some of them have learning disabilities, but they all have one thing in common, and that's that they've been expelled from the Los Angeles Unified School District. And uh, so for two years, I led ensembles there, and uh, they're a pretty tough group. Uh, I was going to say, how does yeah. that how did that go? It actually went really well, and. Uh, the two years that I was there really enabled me to work through um, developing this 18-week program that's in my book, Contemporary Urban Percussion. And it was I, I received a grant to write this to train other trainers to do the, the protocol. And uh, it, what we do is we use phonics. And with phonics, I, we can learn drumming pretty quick. And uh, in Indian music, for example... Quarter notes, would, you'd say ta, eighth notes, you'd say taka, and sixteenth notes, you'd say takadimi. Well, I moved that around to pop, pizza, and pepperoni. <laughs> I love it. Okay? <laughs> and so, and, but they like doing the Indian syllables, too. And when I was at that school, a lot of those kids, you know, they're in a lot of pain. You know, they, yeah. they, their home life uh, might be in shambles, and, and uh, they might not have a lot of guidance or and or they they might a lot of them had emotional problems, but they were you know so the bucket drumming was great for them, and uh, we would work through the eighteen week course and we would give a little performance at the end of the the school year and then the other thing that we do is we turn the middle of the bucket into a bass drum and the front of the bucket into the snare drum so we when you hit the oh. middle of the bucket, it sounds like boom at the edge we would say bop, so we would work on phrases singing. Uh, between boom and bop, and then we okay. would turn. Uh huh. Let me get this in my head. You just turn this bucket upside down, and the top of it is the top part uh-huh. of the drum. 
That's right. Oh, see, I was thinking you had to cover that hole. No, no, you know, no, with something, no. But you just no. turn the bucket upside down. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they have drumsticks. Uh-huh. And uh, so you can outfit a kid for like 10 bucks, 12 bucks. You know, we're good to go. So you don't, it doesn't cost a whole lot of money to get a whole group together. No. Um, and uh, they love it. And then we also, I learn them, I teach them how to play, uh, you know, rock beats uh, as if it was a drum set. And then I, I play music and they get to play along. And uh, so it's a, it's a musical, uh, you know, bucket drumming class and you know what separates it from a lot of the other bucket drumming is a lot of the other bucket drumming courses that i've seen anyway they're more like marching uh you know they're kind of based on the marching model and that's okay but uh with this methodology they actually learn the basics of what it would be like to play drum set in a band they learn how to play four measure phrases and eight measure phrases and learn how to kick a band just like they were. So whatever instrument they may go on to play in the future, if they're playing, you know, hip hop or Western music, they're going to be able to have a general idea of what the role is of the drummer. And how cool is yeah. that? On that note, we're yeah. going to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Stephen Flynn, saying stay with us. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Stephen Flynn, who has a remarkable program teaching young people and some older people uh, how to have some some skills by using drums, skills like reading and math and social skills. We were talking about the 
bucket drum. The bucket drum is a total surprise to me, uh, made out of a big white or orange paint can from places like Home Depot uh, or uh, I can't think of the name of the other one. Uh, I thought it was some very fancy special kind of drum. When you talk about bucket drums, uh, you know, when you go to make a presentation, how do you get this across? Well, the first thing I do is I bring the book that I wrote. <laughs> I say, look, I wrote the book. Here, here's the book. I just wrote it. <laughs> you know? So I show them the book. And uh, when I talk about phonics, I show them how the phonics works with the notes, you know, the pop, the pizza, the pepperoni. And then I, I, then I actually get them to play. And most people are really surprised that in two minutes I've got them playing two measure phrases. And uh, the way I do that is I say, like, put the sticks down and we'll sing for a minute. And then we're going to pick the sticks up and then we're going to play what we just sang. And before they've picked up the, the sticks, they've sang the figure, you know, so they've got a little confidence there. And then I, the other thing that I do is I make sure they sing it with gusto. Because if you sing something with some intensity, it's going to reflect on your instrument and it's going to be an indication of how you're hearing it internally. And uh, so we, we play music together, and, and every time they, they get the biggest smile, and they're just so surprised that they can learn so quick. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, I get them to play, you know. So now these are people you're making presentations to. Yeah, that's what right. What about rocking buckets then? What do you do okay. with rocking buckets? Well, rocking buckets is just starting because I, I have a friend here in New York who's really prominent in the tech industry. And I showed him my book, and I told him, you know, how I work with different populations with the bucket. And uh, so he's encouraged me to go and do this for team building for corporations. So I purchased rockingbuckets.com, and I've, I'm developing a program for corporate team building. And what, so it's going to be similar to uh, when I work with the teens, only we're going to work on composition exercises in groups. So when I work with a, a team from a corporation, you know, team bonding exercise, for example, I'm, I'm going to take them through the foundation of bucket drumming, and then I'm going to pair them off in groups to do group composition and then come back, and whoever has the best you know, compositions wins some prizes. But just a fun activity uh, that uh, you know, can really uh, motivate a workforce and uh, you know, create some bonding within the group. It's a lot of fun, and it's interesting, and they learn a new skill. And so what would you do then with it at a private party? Well, it depends on the age group. Uh, if I was working with uh, you know, really young grade school kids, we'd work on simpler material that they could you know, digest. If I was working with teenagers, you know, I would, uh, we would probably do more advanced boom and bop exercises and, and you know, maybe a little bit more intense uh, music. If I was working with adults, um, we'd be playing a lot of songs. Interesting. Sounds like a lot of yeah. fun. Really. Oh, yeah. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. And a whole different kind of approach to you know, a social event or a team-building event. I've never heard of this. That well, doesn't mean that it hasn't existed no, no, I, forever. I researched but it on the net. I think I'm the first one to do it for corporate team-building. So I'm really excited about getting that rolling here in New York. Uh, and New York is such a perfect place to do it. Somehow yeah. you ought to get on one of the morning shows like GMA or sure. 
the Today Show or something because what a novel concept. I hope you have somebody who knows a little PR that can, you know, sort of pave the way for you to get on some of those. Because sure. I think it would be absolutely fascinating. And, and the same with the schools. The schools should know about you. I mean... Yeah, well, I'm working on getting the word out, you know. They just started up a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, there's some people in the community that are working, you know, to, to help me. So I'm very optimistic. And, uh, you know, I'm not one to sit around. No, I know you aren't. <laughs> you, you, you're, you, you move. Yeah. You know, one of the things you say you've been doing as well is that you've been working with people in recovery for over 25 years. Talk yeah. a little bit about that program, and if you want to share what got you well, there. Well, I mean, I, I, don't, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I do this on my own time. When I, when I talked earlier about being of service, I, I've been clean and sober since 1984. And uh, so I got clean and sober at the age of 22. And uh, so it's been uh, quite a journey. And uh, so, you know, it's a big part of my life being of service to others in recovery. And uh, so, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it affects every area of my life positively, you know, doing that work. And others. again, you know, here it gets you out of yourself and into helping somebody else. What an amazing feeling, you know, that kind of fills you up so you don't need to put something else in there to do that. No, you know, I think one of the reasons why I have not relapsed, you know, in 31 years is because I work with others, you know. Um, it's not about me so much. I try not, you know, obviously I'm human, but, uh, you know, a big part of my life is being of service on a number of levels. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, go ahead. And also, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, since this is a self-improvement show, um, one of the things that uh, I try to do that um, if, I, if there's anything I can, you know, hopefully, I, I try not to tell other people what they should do. I try to share my experience and hopefully um, they take what they want and leave the rest. But one of the things that really helps me is I try to uh, work on the major areas of my life and those are uh, my health, uh, my relationships, and my spiritual life, that's another area, um, my work and my music, and I don't know if I mentioned relationships, but I try to work on all those areas simultaneously. I think oftentimes people, some people anyway, and I try not to do this, get too involved with work or they get too involved in one area. And then, but I have a tendency to see, for myself anyway, I'll see my life be, uh, when it's more rounded and I focus a little bit on each one of those areas, all the other areas have a positive spillover and they roll better. Um, so, you know, when people say, um, for example, um, you know, my health is important to me. And well, what I ask them is I say, how much time do you spend each day working on your health? Do you exercise? And you know, how much are you exercising? If this is really important to you, was the, have you allotted any, how much time are you allotting to that? How um, many times do you get? Oh, well, I don't. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's, I'm, uh, I think a lot of us think that, you know, these are areas we should be working on, um, but uh, you know, it's just something to take a look at. Is you know, if you if 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 your spiritual life is important to you, how much time are you actually allotting for that? Are you meditating? If so, how often? You know, what are you really doing? You know, um, I've uh, you know did an inventory, and I realized that I need to work on you know certain relationships, and 
and spend more time, you know, spend a little bit more effort in that area um, with, you know, certain family members that I don't really communicate that much with, for example, and try to communicate more with them on a more meaningful level. You know, finances. If all you do is worry about finances and all you do is worry about making money, then your other areas of your life, your relationships and your health and those areas are going to suffer. And I think it's very, you know, finances are very, very important. But I think if you're working on your financial life to uh, the detriment of your health, for example, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to have a rough go at it. Uh, you know, because what good is all the money in the world is if your health is failing? Or your relationship, so your kid isn't talking to you, for example, because all you're doing is working, you know. And uh, so my experience has been been that, you know, trying to work in all the areas um, with some consistency uh, really uh, has enabled me to have a a much more rounded and productive life. So how do you keep a balance? What what are your... Well, what uh, I what here, signs. Well, I, I don't I don't know if I necessarily have warning signs, but one of the things that I do when I make my daily plan, for example, is I actually have headers for those areas. So, uh, for example, uh, I have an area that says health for each day, and I put down what am I going to do today for my health, and usually it has juicing. Um, and one day I do yoga, the next day I do a sixty-minute walk. So I actually have that down. Um, those are the two main things I usually put down uh, for health is usually the juicing and the, what exercise I'm doing for the day. Uh, so, that, for example, that's just for an example. For relationships, I might put for the other day, for example, I put uh, to send a recording to a relative whose father had died. And I wrote a note. And so that was my relationship thing for the day. And then also in the relationships, I had meditation and prayer. Um, so basically what you're saying mm-hmm. is that you have a daily plan. Right. <laughs> you have a yeah. daily plan. Uh-huh. I wonder how many people listening have a daily plan. I'm sad to, to confess that generally I certainly don't have it on paper. I may have it in my head. And that's not a good place for me to store things right these days. Um, well, I find it I find it helpful to have it on paper because if I have it on paper, uh, it helps keep me a little bit more focused. Uh, the other thing that I have are my yearly uh, objectives, and I also have those broken down into quarters, and I review that pretty consistently. There's an app that you can get for your phone. It's called Whoop. Spell uh, it. W O O P. Whoop. Whoop. And it's a great, I find it to be a very effective app because you, if you have an iPhone or you have a good phone, you can put it on your phone and it's called Wish Objective Obstacle Plan. And uh, I'm not going to go into the whole, uh, everything about this app, but in, in a, very briefly, this app allows you to write down your objective, okay, um, and it also you write down you just write down a few words like six words what your objective for the day the month or the year is and then you write down uh, what's the obstacle so for example if you wanted your objective was to lose 15 pounds or get your weight down to whatever your desired weight would be and let's say you figured out that your main obstacle is eating junk food okay so you know that's your objective well what's your plan for the obstacle. Okay, so that you could you could plan well. Instead of eating chocolate cake, my plan is going to be to have frozen blueberries. Or they could get some slim roast coffee. 
At Slim Roast Coffee would be excellent, <laughs> except not at night, but during the day. Yeah, right, have it Slim Roast. Yeah. And so you've got a plan for the obstacle. But my, what, what's great about this uh, app is that you can put it on your phone. So let's say you've got a 15-minute break on your lunch hour or you know, during your work day. You open up the app, and you can go down all the major areas of your life and what you're working on and read that real quickly. It's right there on your phone. Yeah, I love the idea of plan for the obstacle. I haven't heard that in very many daily assessment type plans. Sure. Plan for the obstacle. You You know what your obstacles are. You can do all the visualization you want. You can do all of the affirmations. But if you don't have a plan for your obstacle, you're going to be in trouble. You know, why don't you exercise? Well, you know, hey, I'm not in the mood. That's an obstacle. Yes. Now, how do you get around the obstacle? Love it. I love it. Whoop. W-O-O-P. Yes. Download an app for your phone called Whoop. Yeah, it's great. Great app. (laughs) I'm going to do that as soon as we finish this show because that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because I, when I'm on the subway, I can just open it up and like in two minutes, I've read through everything and it kind of helps keep me focused on what I'm working on. So do you have other core things that you do to stay focused on your projects? How do you, how do you keep up with all of these? Are they all in whoop? Um, well, one of the things that I do that I think really helps me is as soon as I get up in the morning, I meditate for 20 minutes and I pray um, for help uh, from my higher power in all these areas. And uh, that, so that's the first thing I do in the morning. And then I do some, some deep breathing. And so, you know, I start my day in such a manner that kind of sets me up for everything that I'm going to do. I want to talk more about that. It's time, though, for us to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Stephen Flynn, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. Our guest today is Stephen Flynn. He uses drums to teach reading, writing, arithmetic, and more to mentally and physically challenged individuals, to corporations who want to do team building. Uh, he uses them. Uh, he he does uses his bucket drums, which I think are wonderful, at parties and all kinds of wonderful things. He has a book out on uh, bucket drums, and if you're interested, uh, where do they get this book, Stephen? Um, actually, the book uh, uh, right now is I'm using it primarily as a training manual to train other trainers to do this protocol. So I, I use it when I'm giving workshops so around the country. So if somebody wanted to have this book, could they get it? Um, they can order it from me directly by sending me an email. Okay, give them your yeah. email address again. Yeah, so, so that would be powertutornyc at gmail.com. And I would imagine it even tells you how to go get your drum well, <laughs> from yeah, Home to, Depot. Or just low. get any five-gallon bucket <laughs> and you're good to go. <laughs> A five-gallon bucket. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I love the idea. And some drumsticks and, and you're on your way to, to drumming. You're uh, golden. <laughs> you're <Yeah>. golden. <laughs> I was excited to hear you talk about meditation and prayer. Because a lot of people say they're on a spiritual path and they don't do either of those things. Uh, do you think you can be on a spiritual path and not meditate? What does meditation do for you? Well, I think meditation can take many forms, so I don't think that we necessarily need to define it in any one way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've heard some people say, well, you know, I don't meditate, but I run. Well, you know that's great, and and and, and I and I, you know, I think running is a is a and all physical activity is great, but I don't I don't know if I would define that as running because it, it's it's a process, you know, it, it's kind of goal oriented. You're seeing things. You're not, you know. The other thing is is that um, I've heard a lot of people commonly say, "Well, I can't shut my mind off," so they don't even attempt uh, to meditate, and. You know, the goal of meditation isn't necessarily to just shut your mind off. Um, when I had 10 years clean and sober, I was a forest monk in Thailand, in central Thailand in the mountains. And I remember the abbot telling me, he said, you know, um, it's normal to have thoughts come into your mind when you're meditating. If, if that's particularly troublesome to you, uh, tell yourself, these thoughts are of no use to me now. I cast them aside. And, you know, oftentimes when I meditate, I'll have a lot of thoughts go through my head. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not meditating correctly. You know, I might meditate for 20 minutes and have that 20 minutes only really have three minutes where my mind is completely clear. But the process of stopping, breathing, um, it, you know, is, is, is just a great activity. And it has a lot of, sp I mean, it's been proven scientifically. It really affects you physiologically in a number of ways. Um, and there's yeah, a lot of material yeah, out there yeah. on meditation, yeah, and I'm there not, are a number I'm, of kinds of meditation, yeah, so if one sure. doesn't work for you, try something else. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know yeah. how you get into any type of self-awareness without meditation. Yeah, I, I'm not an expert on meditation, but I've done... I'm not either. Yeah, I, you know, but I've done transcendental meditation, I've done some kundalini meditation, you know, um, and I, I was a monk, 
So, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, even walking down the street, you know, you can, you can breathe a mantra in and out. You know, that's something that can be really helpful. Um, I meditate on the, on the subway. Yeah, yeah. Meditation can take a lot of forms. And uh, also breathing. You know, uh, music needs to breathe. It seems like every time, I, I don't know a whole lot about, I don't watch a lot of movies or television, but I, it seems to me that when uh, actors are really in the flow, they're breathing together. And uh, so the breath, you know. Um, I started doing some Kundalini uh, breathing. A friend of mine, a jazz pianist here in New York, his wife runs a center, um, Hari, and uh the, I feel so great when I, I mean I don't know how it works, but when I leave there after doing the breathing, it really feels just great. You know. Well, one of the things, that, and I re- just read an article the other day about how critically important oxygenation is to your body. And if you're doing some deep breathing, you know, if you're doing yogi bre- yogic breathing or mm-hmm. kundalini breathing, you're getting your you're getting your body oxygenated. And this person said that all the cause of all disease is not having enough oxygen in your body. And I'm thinking, well, that's a, that's a powerful statement. Uh, and there's so many people who are such shallow breathers that yes. they're not getting oxygenated. So, you know. and, they're, and, they're all, and they're also dehydrated, too. Um, yep. I went to the, I spent a week at the Optimal Health Institute in San Diego, and I listened to a lecture by a, a doctor there, and, and he was mentioning that you should try to drink half your weight in ounces of water. Oh, <laughs> that's a lot of water for some of us. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it makes sense because if somebody weighs, for example, 120 pounds, maybe 10 glasses of water is too much. You know, you've, exactly. we've all heard that fallacy about drinking 10 glasses of water, but I mean, it should re- be relative to your weight. Well, everything should be individualized yeah. because actually there are no two of us that are the same. Yeah. And one size does not fit all in almost anything. Sure. One size doesn't fit all. Your meditation has to be just right for you. Your prayer will reflect who you are. You know, your exercise will, you know, all of those things. Um it's so easy for us to generalize and say, oh, this is the kind of meditation I do, so you should do it too. Uh, it doesn't work well, that way. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention too is that if you, have re- if you wrestle with meditating for 20 minutes, try five minutes. Exactly. If, you know, if you, two if you, medita- if you have to. Yeah, two. two minutes and then do that for a month and next month take it up to four. You can gradually increase you know, the amount of time that you spend meditating. It's you know, a good and, excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say this, but we're okay. right up to the end of this show. Well, What's uh, the thought you want to leave with our listeners today, Stephen? Um, you know, I guess, I guess it sounds very cliche these days to say gratitude because, you know, everybody's like, you know, always talking about be grateful, you know, be grateful. But, you know, I got up at... I got up at about 5 a.m. this morning, and I, I took a walk uh, down to 72nd Street from 95th. And I could not believe how many people were sleeping on the street. And it really opened my eyes, you know, that, you know, we just take so much for granted in terms of our health and, and our ability, you know, just so many things. Gratitude. Yeah. Wonderful thought. 
to leave with today. Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today. I I can't even tell you how grateful, grateful I am for finding you again and knowing that such programs are available. Well, thank you very much for having me. I mean, I really appreciate it. And uh, if any of your listeners would uh, like to have me do a corporate team building or work with a preschooler or a special needs uh, student, uh, please give me a shout. I'd be more than happy to be of service. And if you didn't get his websites, they're on the self-improvement blog. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Stephen Flynn, saying thank you so much for being with us today. And come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.